we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Y'all ready to go to heaven? <laughs> For Maranatha, huh? Come on, Lord. If you would, turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to continue what I started two weeks ago, talking about that faithful and wise steward and how we can be faithful and wise. And I wanted to talk about three things that we can be faithful and wise in. The first that I talked about was our time. And are we faithful and wise in our time? You know, when we think about the priorities and our schedule, where does God fit into that mix? Where is He uh, in your scheduling of Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, visiting, Bible study, prayer time? Where does God fit into that? And are you a faithful and wise steward of that time? As we looked at this parable in verse 35 of chapter 12 of Luke, he says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. And when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. A faithful and wise steward is looking for the king to come back. His lamp's burning. He's always got that in his mind. And look at verse 42. Well, look at verse 41. Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Tonight I want to talk about our talent, our gift, our abilities. But let me set this up. Steward, the word steward here is an administrator, a house manager, an overseer for the master. Hey, I've given you this, will you take care of this for me? And when Jesus is talking to the disciples here, He's setting them up. Because we know, they don't know at this time, but we know what their job was going to be. What they were going to be given over to do. They were going to be given over to do what? Be overseers of the truth, the gospel, the doctrine, the understanding of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I love Titus 1.9 where Paul tells Titus, he says, Holding fast the faithful word as he was ta- has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So there was one doctrine that they had to preach, there was one church that they had to preach, and they preached this, But they had to be faithful and wise in that. Just as they were told to be faithful and wise in 
the things that they had been assigned. As God's children, we've been given something assigned to us. Our life as a Christian. Think about it. Whether you're a member here, an elder, a preacher, a, a deacon, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, a friend. It goes on and on. But are we faithful and wise in the way that we handle these things that have been given to us? I want to talk about these talents. I want to really zero in on these talents because we all have talents and abilities that God has given us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is talking about marriage in that chapter. But in verse 7 he says, For I wish that all men were even as myself. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and one in another. So we see that God has given us all a gift in one manner or another. And we all have special abilities that we're better than other people in. I can't put stuff together real well. But... Other people can. So let me ask you, do you know what you're good at? Do you know what your strengths are? In order to be an effective steward, your gifts and talents that God has given you, first you must recognize what they are. Amen? Is it teaching? Is it being around children? Is it teaching children's class? Is it being around adults? Writing letters? Going and visiting the sick or the shut-in? Loving on a friend or family? Being an encourager? Can you cook? Think about yourself. Are you a good builder? Can you make things? We as the body of Christ have got to make sure we understand what we're good at and how it can bring glory to God. Turn with me to Matthew. We're going to go to three different passages. The first I want to go to is Matthew 25. And this will be a familiar story. It's the parable of the talents. But what I want to encourage us tonight, and I hope it does. It's encouraged me. I mean, every time I study God's Word, man, it just makes me want to be better. I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I want to be better, y'all. I'm not where I need to be, but I want to be better every day. Amen, don't y'all? But I want to think about these talents and how we can 
how we can be faithful and wise stewards with our talent. I want to read this. I don't want to get into it too much, but I want to read this. Uh, Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid its Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. He said, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he said, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In verse 14, we see that the man who called his servants together, he delivered his goods to him. God, in the same way, distributes his talents to us as he sees fit. And we'll look at that a little bit more closely. Verse 15, it shows how many talents the man distributes to each of his servants. This is a really awesome story. This parable is great. Uh, You may have many talents or you may only have a few. But God gives them according to your ability. But it's how you use them is the key. You know, if if you think about yourself and you think about your abilities and you think about your talents and you don't have that many, does that make you upset?
just think about that as a side thought. From verses 16 to 23, we see that the one with five talents, what does he do? He goes and makes five more. And the one with two goes and makes two more. These servants did exactly what they were supposed to do. They went and made more talent. Think about it. Let's say your gift is being nice. Okay? That's the only ability that you have, and that's hard to believe, but let's just say that you're a nice person. Well, if you use that ability to be nice to somebody, what ends up happening? When you're nice to somebody, what happens? They're nice back to you, right? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Even the most hateful person, I've talked to hateful people, hateful people. And at first when I talked to them, they would be real hateful back to me. But I thought, well, I need to be extra nice to this person to to maybe change them. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But you know what? Eventually it came to a point with some of them, and I'm thinking of one person in particular, we became really good friends. And I mean, people would talk bad about this person. But now, because I've been nice and I've used my ability, now I'm able to carry on a conversation with this person. Now I've added a friendship to my ability. Now I can talk to this man about things. And maybe I'm not good at talking about the Bible, but you know what? As I build this relationship, I can start building on one ability. But you have to realize what your ability is and do it. We all can do this. We all can change people's lives with our abilities. Look at verse 24 though. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And what's 26 say? But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. He went and hit it. Are you using your ability? Whether it's just one. Are you using that ability? Or are you just putting it on pause? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We went to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 through 17. We have got to make sure that we're using our talents and gaining more talents. These abilities that we have for the kingdom, we need to be striving to add to them. 
And that's what that parable is telling us. But, but watch how this connects. All of this connects. I mean, God's Word is unbelievable how well it connects. I mean, God is... For somebody to say that there's not a God, they truly have not sat down and really looked at Scripture and how it connects. Because he's talking about these t- a talent and, and being a wise and faithful steward of just really your faith. But I'm kind of breaking these down. But, but, but using your talent to be faithful and wise steward... Look why. Look, look, look why. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 18. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. When you become a part of the body of Christ, when you are baptized into the body of Christ, you're a member But I'm not the same as you. There's one body. There's one church. But there's many members. And think about the example of how he explains this. He says, uh, what does he say? Uh, If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. The foot says, well, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. Each Each thing on your body has a different role. From the pinky to the ear to the eye to the eyebrow to the teeth. And God has put you right where He needs you to be. So think about that. Let's just say you're the kneecap. (laughs) Let's use the body illustration. You're the kneecap or the knee where it bends right here. Let's say you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. What's going to happen? That's how the body's going to look. Huh? Let's say that the elbow doesn't move. How are you going to be? God wants us 
in our different ways and our different abilities to go for one goal. You see, we're all on the same mission, but we all have different jobs. Because you remember, what's the head? It's Jesus, right? So Jesus is the boss. When I think in my head I need to move, I move. But all my body parts have to move, right? And the, and the cool thing about this is, with Jesus being the head, He doesn't force you to do it. He says you need to, and, and you know I'm, I'm using this, this body illustration, but really I'm talking about God's Word. He says, you, I've given you these talents, how are you using them? Are you gaining more? Are you using it for my glory? The foot can't go tell somebody the gospel. But the foot can help walk somebody over so the mouth can speak the gospel, right? By you delivering food to someone and inviting them to come to worship, you bring them to a place where somebody can hug them, can love them, can talk to them, can hear singing, praying, a lesson from God's Word. You bring them to a place where people have the ability to help them and encourage them. When new people come in the door, how's your ability working? We all... You know, I I love thinking about this. You know, for so long in my life personally, I thought only the pastor did the work. I mean, I didn't even know about no elders. I never even heard of that. (laughs) I mean, but I thought the pastor was the only one that did the work. But everybody is so important. But you have to be able to buy into that and say, you know what, I'm going to be effective for the kingdom because God loves me so much. And I'm effective with my stuff. The abilities that I have, I'm going to use them. And I'm going to use them to bring glory and honor to somebody to let them understand we do have elders. And this is why. But as the body... One body with many members, we all have to work together to walk. We all have to work together. If I'm going to pick this up, i got to work. Everything has to work together to pick it up. And, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. He knows exactly where you need to be. He knows exactly what your ability is. Will you use it? Because if you use it for God's glory, it's going to work. It's going to work out, I'm telling you. 
Because when He says it in His Word, that's what He wants you to do. And when you do it, you're effective. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'm not, pre- I'm not standing up here saying we're not doing this. I'm not saying that. I'm encouraging you to do more. Did you see how excited the two were when they told him? You see what I did? I got five more talents. Did you see what I did? I got two more talents. Think about it. Man, I've been able to hug somebody, go visit somebody. I got a Bible study going. I got all these things going on. And I'm being great at my house. I'm helping my wife. I'm helping my husband. I'm helping train my kids better. To be a faithful and wise steward of your talent, not only should you be trying to gain more, and not only do you understand that you're a part of a group that works together, but boy, I love this one because it's so repetitive in God's Word. And he's, it's obviously for a reason. Look at what Peter says. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Here it is, church. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with, as with the ability of God, which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Not only do we need to understand God has given us these talents to use and to gain more for His glory, but we need to be sure and know that we are a part of the body and we all have different talents. But we need to understand that we need to use our talents on each other. Ben, I use you a lot, man. I'm just going to use you again. So I love you. I hope it don't embarrass you. I love hearing Ben sing. He's got a good talent right there. And I'm telling you what, he sings. I mean, he sings as, just as loud as he can. <laughs> makes me emotional. And makes me want to sing. If y'all hear me singing loud, it's because Ben has encouraged me to sing. Oh, man. Huh? Why does God give you talent? To encourage each other. How about that? A little bitty boy right here, man. He pumps me up. Sorry, I got, I mean, I just got to say that. (laughs) 
You know, I, I mean, really. Verse 8 says, love will cover a multitude of sins. It puts your mind in the right frame of mind. When brothers and sisters are using their talent, you know, Timothy is great at building stuff. Mark is great at building stuff. I'm not good at that stuff. So when they help me, they do it not because they want me to say, oh man, you're a great builder and you do all this. It's because they love me. That's awesome. It makes me want to go do something for somebody else that I'm good at. As we receive these gifts or talents, we need to be using them on each other. Good stewards. Which by doing them or ministering them to each other will show the manifold grace of God. Let me read that again. Uh, Verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Amen? When you do this, you show the manifold grace of God. You remember what manifold is? When, when, the, when the diamond is spinning around, you see that shining on all angles. That's manifold. It's all around. You show that grace when you're doing these things to each other and encouraging each other. Why does it say to assemble with each other? To encourage one another, right? When you're not here, it discourages me. It makes me sad. Where are they? Where are they? All right? Do I need to go visit them? And not just me. The elders too. The members too. We all. Think, what, what do we need to do? Do we need to help? Do we need to go see him? What, what needs to happen? But when you're here, it's like, oh, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. Thank you for being here and just being a part of this. We get to worship God together. So as I close, I just want to encourage you with this. <clears throat> Are we trying to gain more talents for the kingdom? Are we trying to gain more abilities to preach the word or or bring somebody to hear the word? Are we understanding that to be a good uh, and faithful and wise steward of our talent, do we understand that we're a part of one body with many members, but headed in the same direction. And God's put you where He needs you to be. But are you willing to do it? See, I love that. I love that thought. God doesn't want a robot, does He? He wants you to do it freely. And if He says, pick up the whatever, and you're the hand, you pick it up. But not only that, if you are a faithful and wise steward, are you using your talent to encourage the brethren? Because as you encourage one, 
They'll encourage somebody else. And boy, it'll catch fire. Think about your life and think about how you could change somebody else's life. And think about just how awesome it could be to tell somebody that you love being a part of the church of Christ. Jesus said in Luke 12, 43, He said, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Hey, uh, Jesus is coming back. Amen? Is he going to find us doing what he's given us? He's given us abilities. Is he going to find us doing it with our waists girded up and, and our lamps burning, looking for him to come and be excited to tell him, Lord, look what I've, I'm doing for you. Not to some other man, to God. Lord, look what I'm doing for you. I love you so much. If you're here today as Mike prayed and you are not a a member of the Lord's church, let me encourage you. You're missing out. And you're not going to get picked up when Jesus comes back. Because he's only coming back for one body. And you got to be in that body. You got to believe that. Let me, let, let me just tell you how you can be a part of this body. Jesus came to this earth. He died on a cross. He was buried and he was raised for you. Because he loved you so much. And he knew that if he didn't do that, you would not be able to be found right in God's eyes. And and in Luke 13, 3, Jesus was telling the group around him, he said, unless y'all repent, you'll all likewise perish. Same for us. If we don't repent and turn from our old ways, you're going to perish. In Acts 8, there was an Ethiopian eunuch and Philip was telling him about Jesus and they stopped and saw some water and the Ethiopian eunuch said, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized? He said, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you can. He said, oh, I believe it. And guess what happened? He went into the water and got baptized. Did he get baptized to show everybody that he was a Christian? Oh no, my friend. He got baptized to have his sins forgiven. Peter said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Your sins are forgiven when you come out of that water. Because you reenact the death standing up the burial in the water and the resurrection when you come out, just like Jesus. And you become a child of God, white as snow, new creation. 
And Jesus gives a warning in Revelation 2.10. He says, Be faithful unto death and you shall receive the crown of life. The journey begins. And how do you do it? Being a faithful and wise servant. Working on your talent. Increasing your talent. Doing these things we talked about. Asking, seeking, knocking. All of these things help you through your walk with Christ to be stronger and better and more powerful for the kingdom. If you need to obey the gospel and you want to begin that journey, or or if you're here and you're struggling and you need some help, please don't wait. Come right now as together we stand and sing.